This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Uh, but I've been doing stuff all night. I'm like super warmed up. I got um, I got my second COVID shot at like noon today. You still feeling all right? Uh, no. This is gonna be this is gonna be <laughs> my 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 podcast flu game. I'm gonna put okay. up like 55 points on this podcast. Just go fucking bat shit. Is it shit. just your arm that hurts, or are you feeling like shit? No, I I don't feel very good. Uh, I have some um, I have some Pedialyte. And uh, I'm almost 100% certain that I'm going to wake up tomorrow and just, like, be in a coma. So this is, like, uh, I've been playing some Jackbox games, so I've kind of got that, like, wiry laughing energy going right now. And that's what's going to propel me through this. Uh, and so it's going to be it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. <sighs> so what else I've, is going on besides the draft? Let's just do five minutes of something else. Did you watch um, – did you watch fucking Lamelo tonight against the Pistons? Yeah, dude, he's so good. He's so that. crazy. He did like a pass. yeah, like an he, under he, like a, the whole length of the court. Do you want? Okay, here's what we're gonna talk about for five minutes. Here's what we're gonna talk about for five minutes. Power Rangers. Killian Hayes looks good. Really good. He looks yeah. good. I don't know if I think he looks really good. I think he looks good. Fine. Uh. He looks like he's definitely going to be an NBA point guard. Uh, I wouldn't call him a bust. Uh, he's putting up 8, 9, 10 assists a night right now already. Uh, him and Isaiah Stewart are a blast. Uh, and by a blast, I mean they're like five, they're worth five dunks a night, just the two of them. Uh, yeah, and then just as a little side dish, we have a guy who could be a perennial all-star in a couple of years in Sadiq Bey. Like just yeah. little side, put up twenty two seven and five tonight. Just a he little felt like it. He's a little inconsistent still. He has a lot oh, of, yeah, of uh, two for two for fifteens, which is fine. That's gonna happen. You're gonna have those. Um, you know he broke a record tonight. What record is that? Most games by a rookie with five or more three pointers made, surpassing Stephen Curry. So. That's crazy. I don't know if I think he'll be a perennial All Star. I do think he that he will be. be a he will be an Eastern Conference also ran like a few times for sure. He could make one. He could make one. Oh, he um, could make more than one. I mean, if he's doing this in his rookie year, I mean the the ceiling is. I mean, I feel like the the closer to the floor is make one from what we know now. I think the ceiling is make six or seven. Um, because now we're seeing an interior game develop throughout the season. Yeah. Every week, it's got better. Uh, and if he can develop an inside-out game, then I think um, I think that Dwayne Casey deserves some credit. I don't know how much, but hate, certainly I, some. I don't hate him, but I'm very not. I'm still. He gave Every, Seku 25 plus minutes tonight, so good for you. But what it's it, crazy. As soon as Seku starts getting some consistent runtime, he looks like an NBA player out there on the court. Funny how that works. Uh, I didn't see Seku's uh, line from tonight. I didn't look at the box score. I watched like three quarters of it while I was doing something. Yeah, nine five and one. I don't know, man. I, 
I think, that's, I think Sekou is like an excellent, excellent backup wing. Yeah, like an I'm not, awesome dude, bench I unit wing. No, I don't think anybody anymore thinks Sekou is going to be a superstar, but that guy's going to be in an NBA rotation. Yeah. And we're at a point where he should be playing 27 minutes a night. I don't care if he goes one for 19 every night. For the rest of the season, we got nine games left. Play him 25 plus a night. I think it's kind of tough. It's kind of a weird. The team is so strange in that everybody is so inconsistent, but everybody is talented. So one night it's like, oh, Frank Jackson has 26 points. Frank Jackson has been good all year since he started playing, and it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't know how he was just like available. It seems like we kind of just picked up another really good player for free. Because he sucked. He hasn't been worth being an NBA player. Even when he first got here at the start of this year, every time he stepped out on the court, it was like, oh, Frank Jackson's on the court. And then you see him blow three layups in a row. But all of a sudden, yeah. this guy's fucking Allen Iverson out there. I know. I have no idea it what like happened. Every t- it feels like every time I watch, he drops 20. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Stewart's not, like, doing it every night as far as, like, I think he's his ceiling seems like it's going to be a like a 15 and 15 guy. He's it gonna is, be Andre Drummond without the baggage. Like it's gonna be awesome. But but like the the score the points per game ceiling for him is you can't measure it. It's either nine, fifteen, or twenty five. If he's gonna shoot forty percent from three, what's Ben Wallace with a forty percent three point shot? Like yeah, like, what is, I mean the Pistons might have yeah. The Pistons ever placed the Suns as the like ultimate bright future team? I think this year. We need the star. We need the star. We, I mean, we can get him this year. I think we can get him this year. You already can, know what's going to happen. We're picking sixth. That would suck. That would really gonna suck. Happen. I think. Happen. I think we'll end up picking like fourth. Uh, I, I have this theory. It's not as much a theory as an observation, I guess. Every time there is a draft that is touted as this draft sucks, nobody in here is worth anything. There ends up being three, four guys from that draft who end up being close to stars, at least. And every time there's a draft where everybody's like, everybody's amazing in this draft, there's like one great guy in that draft. Look at the, or or zero, look at the Wiggins-Jabari-Parker draft. Uh, like, And then look at, I guess the counterpoint for the other one is like the Victor Oladipo draft. Everybody said How about that this sucks. last draft. Yeah, this last draft, dude. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton. Look at that dude. Went 12th in that draft. Lamello. going to be a star. Lamello, yeah. star. Anthony Edwards, star. Probably like a Dwayne Wade, like a this generation kind of Dwayne Wade type player. I think Wiseman's going to be fine. It feels like, it feels like everybody thinks he sucks. I think he's a star, but I think he'll he's, be good. He's 18, and also, like, he didn't play basketball for two years. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He'll be good. Yeah, sometimes, although two years in the most crucial part of your development, sometimes you never recover. That's true. Hey, what do you think about Hamadou Diallo so far? He's, I mean, the trade is amazing. Like, yeah, I mean, he, Casey hasn't been playing him as much lately. Like, Kate, that's the part I hate. He's so damn inconsistent. Why is Corey yeah. Joseph – like when he's healthy, getting minutes. Like I, I don't need that. Nobody needs that. You know what? That gets you the sixth pick because you're going to end up fourth in the lottery odds because Corey Joseph isn't the worst player. Um, but no, Diallo. I mean, uh, that's what you do. That is that is why Troy Weaver is here to make moves like that. If one of them ends up being the seventh guy on a playoff team, fuck yeah. 
I think all, it seems like we haven't really had any misses. I wouldn't say. Is there any, anything we've done over the last year that you've been like, mm, we kind of fucked that one up? No. No, you and know, honestly, that might be that might be a good way to get into our Lions discussion because it's a thought that I had. It's a thought that I had earlier today. Hey, folks, guess what? The Detroit Women of Comedy Fest is back, baby! We're going to be streaming across Planet Ants channels on June 4th and June 5th. That's their Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. You get it. There's going to be so much funny stuff. We're talking sketch, stand-up, podcasts, live stream, workshops, special guests. Head over to DetroitWomenOfComedy.com to find out how you can join the fun. Yeah. Where what I'm feeling from Brad Holmes right now is exactly what I was feeling from Troy Weaver this past summer. There was a couple moves Troy Weaver made where I go, as soon as they came out, I go, oof. Like our second round pick or even our third round pick when it first came out. I go, oof. And then 20 minutes later, I'm like, oh, everything makes sense. Everything you just did makes sense. It all works. And man, dude, Brad Holmes, I might have a bigger man crush on Brad Holmes than I do Troy Weaver right now. I don't know. I don't know if we can know for sure because we some can't. of these guys aren't going to work out with the Lions. I just think yeah. it's a given. One sure. of those defense, defensive tackles isn't going to work out. Uh, sure. I'm just guessing. But yeah, I. but you're right. So coming into this draft, hey, everybody, welcome to Fan of Fan Detroit. We're going to talk about the draft. That's that's like our thing. Um the coming into the draft, we really didn't know anything about what the philosophy would really be. Right. We think we know because Dan Campbell speaks the way Dan Campbell speaks and Brad Holmes kind of comes across as like an old school football guy. And they've got, what's his name? I don't know about old school, but football guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 That's a better way to put it. Uh, Chris Spielman, right. Big, like big linebacker guy who plays, plays in the trenches. And, we, and a we coaching didn't know. staff that's all former NFL players. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we found we figured out what the priority is tonight, and it's toughness, and it's like old school. You know, be mean to them, spit, spit inside their helmet guards, like just okay, do whatever you can to win. Yeah, you know that's what the identity of this team is going to be. It's going to try to match the identity of successful sports teams of Detroit past. You know, hard nosed. They're going to play tough. Uh, they're never going to give up. They're going to bite kneecaps. Like, and that's what we've seen. That's what we saw in this draft for sure, from start to finish. There was no inconsistency. Yeah. There was no uh, Bob Quinn. I'm going to draft this guy who's probably almost at his ceiling already. Uh, like a tease Tabor. There was none of those. There was no Jelani Tavais. Um, all there was is guys who are going to come in and beat the shit out of you. They're the going to beat that ass. They're going to beat that ass the whole time. They're going to beat um, that ass. So let's start. Let's start chronologically. Let's let's start at the beginning of, of the draft. Let's do a little draft recap. Draft recap. Kind of kicking off. Um, the Lions in the first round selected Panay Sewell with the seventh pick. And I think going into the draft, you and I both were kind of like, yeah, I guess like if Sewell's there, it's hard to pass him up. He's going to be really good. Like he's kind of a lock to be, I would think, a 10-year NFL player as much as there can be one. Sounds like everybody thinks he's a day one starter. Yeah, but we, you know, I think you and I were both kind of maybe hoping for like a Trey Lance, some, some kind of chance on some guy who can really bring some star power, but... 
there also is a chance that Sewell wouldn't be there at seven. So that's also, I think, maybe why why you take a look at him. The Bengals take Jamar Chase at five. Yeah, I um, thought there was no chance he'd be there at seven. I thought he was yeah. locked in at five. I didn't think there was anybody else who could go at five. Yeah, absolutely. Until, well, it seemed like to me, okay, so right before the draft, one of the things that broke was that the Lions had tried to trade up into the fourth spot for Jamar Chase. And that to me, I guess what I should say is I think it was leaked by the Lions or somebody, somebody who benefited from that being out there, that they tried to trade up to four, which to me confirmed that the Bengals were going to take Jamar Chase at five. So then, like, I think that we probably should have known then. Uh, But yeah, Sewell's going to be really good. And uh, we kind of, so the offensive line starting, I'm assuming day one in the NFL next season is going to be uh, Taylor Decker, left tackle, John Jackson, yep. left guard. Yep. Uh, Glasgow is the center. Nope, Ragnow. Oh, yeah, sorry. Did I said Glasgow twice. <laughs> no, Glasgow uh, went to Denver last year. I just had my second COVID shot, so I'm going to be a little loopy today. I'm going to put that one on the airwaves. I was going to try not to say it, but I'm already fucking the words up. Uh, Sewell will play right tackle, and then Big View will play right guard. And that's going to be, at worst, a top 10 offensive line in the NFL. Probably top five. And that's year one. And that's yeah. year one with Sewell. Taylor Decker's locked in. Jonah Jackson yeah. on a rookie contract. Frank Ragnow, they were already talking about extending him today. Brad yeah. Holmes was talking about extending him today. This, this, they got, they, how many times in our lifetimes have we ever been able to look at it and honestly say, I think they have their shit together? At a minimum, it feels like everybody's rowing the boat in the same direction, which is very different from Lions organizations past. And specifically Certainly. even what we're coming off. It, from day yeah. one, it never felt like Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia were on the same page. Yep. Um, one, because I, I don't think, Matt, especially when it came to something like a draft, I don't think Matt Patricia, not even talking about Bob Quinn right now, who obviously didn't either, but I don't think Matt Patricia had any idea what to look for while drafting a player. He just wanted you to be big. You don't have to be big and violent. You don't have to be big and strong. You just got to be fat. Like that's that's what he looked for. And uh, this is different because it, you can see. I mean, how much draft room footage have we seen of Holmes and Campbell celebrating and and hugging yeah. each other? And Dan Campbell does the ultimate tough guy thing to Brad Holmes after the first round pick. I don't know if you saw it, where he like grabs him right here in the back <laughs> of the neck and shakes him. And I was like, those are my guys, man. Those are my guys. It's certainly, and then right when Sewell gets drafted, like right as they're announcing him, he's like already crying. He like can't even get up from the couch. His family is screaming and hugging him, and he's crying. And that's good. Like that's what you want. Those are the vibes that you want out of your top ten pick. You don't want Justin Fields, who just looked mad, whether it was because he fell or because it was the Bears. We don't know, but he did no, look it's thrilled about what was happening. Bears. It's not because it's the Bears. Yeah, it's because right. It's not like it was he the Jets. Watched himself in the matter of thirty minutes lose. 20 million dollars yeah um but big still. w big w of the first seven picks outside the lions the san francisco 49ers they didn't fuck it up they didn't take mac mac jones could be a big l but at, at this very time what we know about these guys big big w's put w's in the chat Big W's for for the Niners. Yeah, in that podcast chat, put the uh, <laughs> just start typing W's in your Spotify search bar for us. Yeah, or the uh, comments. There's comments somewhere. Review W's. 
So also small W for me, whose theory on the Mac Jones leak was that the 49ers were lying. And I think that that was very much, if not true at that time, certainly became true over the course of the week. I still uh, don't know if I agree. I still don't see the point in the lie. Why do you lie? It's You knew who was going one and two. It just it's it's just a competitive advantage. Like you just hold your cards close to your chest because that's what you do. You know, you lie, you you try to get people to overbid to try to move up or something. I mean, it's just a, I mean, it's just strategy. It's, it's I think they hear more, more of than we. I think these front offices and these coaching staffs and these GMs hear more than we think or get like like would think that they're looking at social media and reading what people are saying. And when they announced that, I think they saw everybody calling them fucking idiots, and they were like, hmm. Maybe I'm an idiot, and they rethought it. I mean, you you can't go for you can't go for the dude. I saw a tweet that did you see the video of Mac Jones walking with his suit and his like belly's popping out? And he's walking like Bill Belichick. No, I did not see. Oh, that. you really got to see him it. like charged to the stage. I mean, he just got yeah, up and, and he's yeah, and his suit's like his buttons pulling apart. And uh, I saw somebody that or a tweet that said he's the loan officer at a bank coming to tell you you weren't approved. And that's what it looks like. And that person was a hundred percent spot on. You can't take that guy. Number three. And that's going to be everybody. Listen to me in your ears. I can't tell you to look in my eyes anymore. Cause we're not on video cast. Look into your ears. Me, look into your ears. Mac Jones will be the end of bill Belichick. Mm, I disagree. I, I think that hiring in two years. Uh, I think I think he thinks he's got five years left. Um, so uh, the the word out of the Niners was that all of the scouts said Trey Lance and that Kyle Shanahan was kind of the last guy hanging on, talking about Mac Jones, and maybe it changed. Right? They're talking about how high his psychological testing scores were, which to me just sounds like they liked his Myers Briggs like category. I don't know. I I would I would I would hate to make a selection like that based on psychological scores, knowing that he threw the ball 200 times in college and 300 times in high school. You know what I mean? I, that's, I don't know. I mean, it's the right situation because he's going to get the Mahomes treatment and he's going to, he doesn't have to play this year. Jimmy G can play this year. It'll be fine. Or maybe more likely Jimmy G will end up maybe not being super healthy by week nine or 10. And then Trey Lance can come in and play and Jimmy G can come back and play then. But, it's a good situation for Trey Lance and a good pick for the Niners. Um, you have anything else early on that you really liked? Sorry, no. What were you going to say? Do what you were going to say first. So I'm going to throw a scenario at you, and you tell me how much we'd be freaking out. Trey Lance gets the starting job week one. How much do we freak out about how good that guy probably is? Me, I'm at least a nine on the freak out scale. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna want to see it, but yeah, if he can beat Jimmy G out for a week as a week one starter, that would be that would really be like the word on the word on Lance is that he's like a prodigy. That's like kind of the word right now that's getting thrown around a lot that I keep hearing is that he's like what sets him apart on top of all of his skills is is his exceptional intellect. So I would say that it would probably validate some of some of that that we found out about in the draft process. All right, back to the Lions. Going into the seventh pick, yeah. so we've kind of been all over the place, but see NFL draft. Yeah, what the hell are you going to do? It's recording late. It's fine. Um, when they're coming up at seven, were you okay with them taking Sewell, or did you want Fields there, or was there somebody else that you had a little bit of disappointment when the name was announced that they didn't take? 
Because I messaged you right before. I basically sent four names I'm okay with, and he was the second one I sent you. Um, now, at this point, uh, I'm happier with him than I would have been with anybody else. Sands maybe Justin Fields. Yeah, uh, I'm you. The only thing I can think of that I would have preferred would have been trading down to where the Chargers were, which was 13. Uh, picking up, I mean, we probably could have gotten at least a at least a second probably out of that. Would have been oh, more maybe that, the probably. thing. Yeah, so trade down to 13, which would have given us maybe Rashawn Slater. It would have <clears> given us a shot at Mac Jones. Uh, if the Lions drafted Mac Jones, I would be a Rams fan for the rest of my life. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, the way the draft shook out, maybe you can trade down to nine if you like Devonta Smith or Micah Parsons, but it kind of sounds like maybe afterwards I felt like I found out that Parsons was going to the Cowboys as like their Sertan backup kind of kind of the whole time, which I think is which I think is interesting. I mean, the, so the like the Broncos took a corner. So that makes me think that it probably wasn't, we probably weren't in a situation where we could trade down with them trade down to nine uh right. if they would have had they had their choice for a quarterback and they didn't they didn't want it so so i think we kind of ended up doing maybe the best thing we could have done taking an all pro left tackle or an all pro right tackle excuse me now uh like a locked in starter a guy who a couple of gms were like is this guy's a surefire hall of famer you know that's which has got me so hyped it got me so hype I couldn't believe it. I don't care yeah. that it was anonymous. I don't care what it is. Anybody saying that the moment after the Lions draft the guy, I lost my mind. I was like jumping yeah. around the room, man. Because, because I mean the ca- the casual football fan, but the casual football fan here is offensive lineman. Oh, that's boring. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it is a little boring, but it is. There is a reason why left tackle is the second highest paid position in football. It's because it protects your biggest asset you'll ever have. When this team has a quarterback, when we find our quarterback of the future, man, this pick is going to be even better. Him and Decker, your quarterback's not getting hit. I mean, all of a sudden, all of a sudden how good is DeAndre Swift going to be next year? Yeah, yeah. So that's the big thing is that DeAndre Swift is going to have the potential to be an All Pro running back this year. I I think. Uh, it also like isn't the knock on Goff is that he can't get if he has to go to his second or third read that he doesn't he doesn't really make that play. If he has a little more time behind an elite offensive line, maybe that changes a little bit for him. Maybe we see something closer to the good Jared Goff versus the bad Jared Goff. I think we're all expecting, but. The only thing, uh, so we, if we want to dive a little deeper into the Lions draft specifically, the only thing I, I feel like I'm concerned about is the wide receiver slot. I kind of, I really was kind of hoping that one of the receivers would fall to us in the second round, and they really didn't. Uh, I guess it's like the draft as a whole, like a lot of receivers went really early. Can't guys, pass all the holes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we, we got a guy. We'll talk about him in a minute, but. Uh, I really, I really, 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 really was hoping for Rashad Bateman in the second round. That was my number one in the wish list. Body, I mean, yeah, you've been talking about that all day the last couple days. He's an elite. He runs routes. He he's really clean. Uh, I think there were. I mean, he went at twenty-seven. I think that the top six or seven receivers in this draft, it's going to be like the last one. He's going to be like Justin Jackson. That's my theory. That's what I, that's what I'm going with. He's going to be the fifth or sixth guy off the board. We kind of forget about him, and then all of a sudden, in like week eight, it's like, oh shit, this guy's getting 100 yards a game. He's going to be he's going to be really good. 
Yeah, but you know why you don't want Justin Jefferson right now if you're the Lions? Because by the time you're ready to compete, you got to pay him. And you know what you can't do to compete for Super Bowls? Pay wide receivers $18 million. Can't do it. It's against the rules. Mm, I don't know. I, I mean, the Chiefs do okay. They've got a lot of money wrapped up in pass catchers. Not that much. What's Tyreek Hill's contract? Tyreek and Kelsey. Plus, Sammy Watkins was probably not small. I mean, that guy was an established NFL player. Okay, so you can do it if Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. Also, the NFL cap is fake, and it's all made up, and you can pay whoever you want, however much you want. Yeah, but not you can't go get free agents. You can sign your own guys. It's just like the bird rule in the NBA. Yeah, whatever. Pay your own guys however much you want. You can, but you you can snag a few free agents. Don't take skill position. I, I know I've been all over the draft a wide receiver guy, but we yeah. didn't. So now I'm going to go with what my analytical mind says over my heart, and that's you can't draft a wide receiver or a running back early in a rebuild because then you got to pay them. You got to pay yeah. them by the time it's so, time to compete. I, I think that that makes sense if we're talking about like a top 10 pick, but a second round pick is, I think, is, I think acceptable. I mean, because yeah, unless I, he becomes unless he right. becomes like a A1 locked in Julio Jones, Devontae Adams level receiver. Well, I mean, what are you paying him? Like 17, 18 million a year? It's not too much. It's not that bad. Uh, would you rather would you rather pay an offensive lineman? Yeah, for sure. But you know what's if you go back and you look at a lot of the uh, like the rosters that make it really far, a lot of those guys aren't drafting offensive linemen in the first round. There aren't a lot of teams that take those early first round linemen who then make it to the Super Bowl. They they usually kind of cobble it together with like six or seven guys who are decent to good, and that's what gets them there because it doesn't cost a shitload of money. Did you not watch the Buccaneers last year? Did yeah, you not but, watch why they beat the Chiefs? Because the Chiefs didn't have their offensive line? Yeah, I mean, they were playing, like, guys who wouldn't have played for the Lions on the offensive line in the Super Bowl. Like, that's – I mean, they went out and they retooled their whole offensive line in the offseason. They traded their first-round pick. They you signed – build the team from the inside out. You start in the trenches. Yeah, for sure. No question. And they, I mean, and that's, they did, right? That, that works. Line yeah, line. they did. Yeah, so I know uh, we don't even disagree here, but we're going to argue about it anyways. Rondell like Moore would have been another one because of what he does. Like, it seems like our ethos for receivers right now is just take really fast guys, which is fine. And that's what Rondell Moore is. You got a lot of injury concerns. So I get that you maybe don't want to overdraft that guy because he's like five foot six. I mean, he's he's basically like a soccer player, but he would have been a really interesting, fun addition to a backfield that really just like needs a weapon. It just needs one more weapon. I mean, we kind of got that guy light, though. We kind of got the light version of that guy. I mean, he's not the fastest, but he's got he can jump. He can compete. He's not the tallest, but he can compete at the apex of the ball. He can get up there, uh, almost a forty inch vertical. He's got great route running. He's got good hands. Um, he's a guy who can catch the ball in tight spaces. So, it's a guy that the the ceiling is there, right? You're talking about um, Amon Ra St. Brown, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The ceiling is there. I don't think the ceiling is a Julio Jones or somebody like that, but the ceiling to be a really good wide receiver catching 60, 70 balls a year sure. for a long time is there uh, with the skills that he has. And that's the other thing. They didn't just take guys who can beat the shit out of you. They took guys who can beat the shit out of you and have skill. Yeah. Uh, St. Brown was like a second-round draft grade for a lot of people. Uh He's going to line up. He lines up right where we need. He's a slot receiver. He's going to be a slot guy in the NFL. We've, so we've got like our two quick guys on the outside, Perriman and um, who was the other guy we, we took from Oakland? 
Tyrell Williams. Oh right? yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I was I was thinking draft. I got very confused. Yeah. But. So and then he'll slot right inside and he'll play with he'll play kind of where where Hawk is with Hawk. And so you know, oh, how about that? I mean, Hawk can block too. Like we're gonna be unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, man. I. It's weird. It's I have this weird thing going on right now where never before have I truly believed in a front office. But every year, <laughs> every year, let me write the date and time down that you're saying every that. single year I go in and I say they're going to go 10 and six. And for the first time, I am bought in all the way out of front <laughs> office. And I think they're going to go four and 13. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah, I curveball, see you. OK. Curveball. Curveball. Okay. I see that you're this is wisdom where now you're now you're bought in, but your expectations aren't real aren't unrealistic like they have been before. The now Matthew to be Stafford fair, effect. I also was like Lions are gonna go nine and seven last year. I also very yeah, much bought yeah, in. Yeah, you so here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. As this is gonna be my fourth lion season talking football with you. This is how you do it. Draft time, right after the draft, you're like, I don't know, man. I see about five wins. I see about five wins. And then every month you add a win. Every month. <laughs> every month you get a little bit more bought in. And the, the Lions Kool-Aid, you start drinking it a little bit harder, a little bit more bought oh, in. Oh, man. And then you're at 10 and 6 with me. So I will tell you, uh, I did have a Lions fan in my life like pitch me on the idea of like, well, what if the NFC North becomes like the NFC East? Like Aaron Rodgers leaves and the Vikings implode and Justin Fields sucks. Like, could we could we could we do a little seven and ten no. sneak into the <laughs> No. There's no scenario. I don't think so either. I think we're gonna be really bad this year. I think we're Good. gonna figure a lot of things out, but it's Good. fine. It's fine. You got the right guys at the helm, it seems, to be really bad with. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. We're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to play back the tapes when the season starts and see if I'm at seven and ten for the Lions. Because I, I would say I think I'm you're at gonna like be four at eight, You're gonna be at eight and nine. Oh man, I hope not. I really don't think so. You're gonna. So gonna be have to you're gonna try to be first on Jared Goff. No, I, I'd be very surprised if I became a Jared Goff guy by the end of the There's year. There's going to be a preseason game where you're like, I love him. No I way. Him. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no, you're no, going to no, do no. it. You're going you're gonna to try to be first on Jared Goff. Mark my words. No way. There's no way that I'll buy in on Jared Goff before yeah, week four. Are. I mean, if yeah, he comes out and he plays well, we got good Jared Goff and the line's really good, then I might go, mm, okay. But it, I there's I need to see so much proof of concept from this line team this year. So – as I do every year, the second the draft ended, I went and looked up 2022 NFL mock draft. And I watched a little bit of tape on the top three quarterbacks who I can only remember one of their names now. And I got a little nervous that we're never going to have a quarterback because I don't like any of those guys. <laughs> I don't like any of those guys. I mean, you know, if we show up and things are going well and like Russell Wilson is unhappy or something, like we could – we could pick up a quarterback. You know, it could happen. It wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. What if Derek Carr becomes available? He's, you know, not bad. He'd be fine. You can get you to a have... Super Bowl with Derek Carr. No, you could not. Come on. Okay. Yes, you can. Come Derek... on. Yeah, you can. Dude. We don't I don't want to have to go back through. We've done this before where we've gone back through. You can get to the Super Bowl with a mediocre quarterback. Yeah, but I'm not. Yeah, but that's not how you build a team. You don't build a team sure. with a plan to get to the Super no Bowl. No question. Derek fucking Carr. <laughs> like, 
I don't I mean, know. It's not I, like this guy hasn't had good teams around him. Derek Carr's had some decent teams around him, some decent defenses. And he's he? even had some decent years. Yeah, but you, I mean, yeah, he's had some good years. That's not where you're going to go building your team on. My hopefully, point is, hopefully, we can build this team to be good enough that Derek Carr can take us to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Carr driving the Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Carr's getting statues built outside of Ford Field in 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> Go get me Trent Dilfer before you give me Derek Carr. Dude, Trent Dilfer, he made a he made a Super Bowl. Like there are plenty of examples of mediocre quarterbacks making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, our quarterback year. is one, but I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. I'm not absolutely. As, I don't care how much I believe in the Lions. I'm not believing in the Lions enough to build a team that can win with a bad quarterback. No, yeah, for sure. That would be that would be. I mean, that those are anomalies. Those usually involve a little bit of luck and a little bit of magic for lack of a better word but uh so st brown let's go back to st brown st brown is gonna be perfect slot guy second round grade guy there's a lot of uh a lot of like guys who do draft analytics who are like the lions are kind of sneaky crushing it and i listened to like a few post-draft pods and they also were like the lions kind of sneaky crushing it so i've seen two articles written where they had between an a minus and an a plus on every single lions pick except for the final round pick well i remember when they picked up so i think we have to call him iffy i think that's what they call him if he uh, that, that helps because I was real worried about saying the name. Yeah. Oh man, I actually was prepared for this. I and know. Then... I I I was expecting to come in here and to have. How did I wind up on Twitter? I had four tabs open. Well, why don't you? Will you do a little a little song and dance for the people while I pull this back up real quick? Yeah. Should I talk about Iffy? Are we talking about Iffy still? Yeah. I'm. I just want to. I want to pull. I want to hang on. I'm just yeah. He's he is okay. what the Lions have not had at the corner position. Big, strong, well, and fast. Big, this strong, says Levi. Why does it say Levi? Now I'm looking at the thing that says his, his first name is Levi. I know that's not right. Uh, no, it's definitely not right. Levi is the D tackle. Oh wait, oh we're talking about oh we're talking about the corner. Okay, the corner. Let's let's sorry. Let's talk about let's yeah. talk about let's go to the second round. Let's play. <laughs> okay, you want to talk about Levi? Yeah, let's talk about Levi. Okay, you want to know what that guy does? Do you? Uh, bullies, nerds. Almost. It's real close. That's like the almost the same thing. He bites fucking kneecaps all day. This dude is one of those guys who, when he is locked in, it's it's scary looking what he can do. Sorry, my headset came unplugged. It is scary looking what he can do. But with both of the D tackles we drafted, there's a little bit. Of the, ah, I'm going to take this play off. But you want to know why I really love these picks? Dan Campbell ain't letting you take no plays off. Yeah. Dan Campbell ain't letting you take one play off. And that is a fixable problem. Effort is a fixable problem. And if that is the only weakness or the main weakness you have, you can correct that in a week if you need to. In a week. It's and both the of same. these guys are big and scary and tough and strong and will punch you in your nose. Uh, since this is a Detroit sports podcast, I am legally required to read uh, Levi's quote from when he got drafted. I will read it now. It's, I like fucking people up. I like pushing them back two, three yards and making them feel like shit. Uh, I, well, 
You can't just like show me a dog, like a small, cute dog. <laughs> Come on, man! I in the to middle, see if you could keep the concentration in the middle. Well, I mean, I could have, but like, what kind of monster would I be if I chose <laughs> to do that? If I made a conscious choice to keep going and talking about this guy when there's a very what appears to be a Springer Spaniel puppy, English in the, Springer Spaniel, not a puppy, very fat. Oh, very fat. Well, that's even more distracting. Very fat, the fattest of all dogs. So that's the Levi quote, and we uh, we mixed it, we remixed it with some dog talk. So that's pretty good. That's like a unique take. I think this is what happens when you've watched the NFL draft for three days, or in my case, two and a half, um, because of the damn power up here in BFE. Um, I yeah, but that's that just shows it. That shows the type of guys they're looking for. It shows the type of guys they got. But again. The important part here, like I said earlier, Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn drafted some guys who were physical. Those guys didn't have yeah. skill. Example number one is Jelani Tavai. That is example number one. These guys have both of those talents. They are physical as hell, and they at least have some skill. Of course, the skills are going to be have to be refined and worked on, but they have it. Whether it's power rush or finesse rush, they got them both. So – I think for actually for Patricia, it did work sometimes, but where it didn't work was where you needed it to work the most, which was with the high talent guys in the first and second round, right? So like Penasini last year was like a sixth round pick or a fifth round pick. That guy's going to be a starter or like Jonah Jackson, who was like a fourth round pick. Like I think, right. It was a fourth third third round pick. Sixth round. I think. Yeah. Those are two huge hits, but like Jared Davis, Jelani Tavai, like those guys are huge misses. It seems like there might be a chance that might be a little bit. Yeah. T's Tabor, that's the other good one. That's the other main one. Like, you know, there are just some misses in there on the guys where you had opportunities to take more talent and chose not to anyway. So maybe that's the lesson here. I just want to say, we don't have to talk about this for very long. Jeff Okuda, to me, we have no idea how good that is. I agree. I think it's going to be pretty blank slate for me for Okuda. Because, I mean, you, you're you in a defense where every quarterback's able to make three, four reads on every single play. And I'm really excited to see him because there's – NFL people can miss. They don't miss as bad as they would miss on Jeff Okuda if he ends up being bad. I think that – I think I've said this before on the show, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, if you come out into your first NFL game kind of on a hobbled ankle and the first person that you have to man guard pretty much the whole game is Devontae, Devontae Adams, Adams. <laughs> you're not putting a guy like that in a situation to succeed. That's like in basketball, if you're a, a wing player and you're playing the Lakers in your first game, you're not guarding LeBron. They don't do that to you. Why would you do that? Uh, and I, I don't think that that one builds confidence too. like, I don't think it's useful. It's a useful skill. You're developing the ability to get your ass beat only once or twice. Like, and then that kept happening. Like he was, you know, the only healthy corner for a few games and he had to guard the best receivers in the NFL routinely in back-to-back games. I just, in the worst defensive scheme in the league, in the most candy ass defensive scheme in the league. By the way, did you see Matt Patricia announce a pick? Yes, I did. I tweeted. I tweet. I tweeted about it. Uh, that guy. So that guy is like. So he's like Belichick's conciliary now. He's like like a Belichick yes man now. He's I'm assistant guessing. to the regional manager. That's literally yeah, his job ridiculous. title. Ridiculous. I mean, that's what he deserves, honestly. But 
I can't still wait sucks to see him. I can't <laughs> wait until some team that I hate hires him in eight years to be their head coach. I can't wait. I think he'll get a de- a D coordinator job before he gets. He'll have to. Yeah, There's that's no why I said way. eight years. That's why I said eight years. But then some team I hate, like the San Antonio Spurs, are going to hire him to be their head coach. Could you imagine Matt Patricia replaces Greg Popovich? Oh, man. What? Wait. What? Sorry. What? what did you say? So let's talk about Ify Milifuano. Okay. Um, uh, I, I know even less about this guy than I do about okay. uh, either of the D tackles, honestly. I just know he's I'm, 6'2". I'm taking over here then because yeah, I am pumped. I am pumped about this pick. 6'2", 200 plus pounds, like a 42, 43 inch vertical, a sub 4, 540 uh, with skills, right? Like with actual on ball skills, he's going to be able to cover the, if if he can get those skills to where he get, needs them to be in the next two years, he's going to be a guy who can compete with anybody on the offensive side of the ball because he's got the size, he's got the athleticism, and he already has the skills. To me, it doesn't make sense for him to fall outside the top 100 of the draft. It doesn't make sense at all because the ceiling for this guy is as high as any corner ceiling in the draft. Period, point blank. The floor might be lower. The floor for sure is lower. But the ceiling is superstar, pro bowl, all pro. He's that legit. You don't find corners with this much skill that are that fast at that size. It doesn't come around. It doesn't happen. And to me and plenty of other people that I've read, doesn't make sense that he's able to fall outside the top 100. He's an animal. Nobody got to see him play because he's at Syracuse. And if you're watching Syracuse, you're watching it with a basketball. And this dude's going to be <laughs> a steal, man. And I think he's going to be not starting, but playing year one. Well, he'll have to. We're pretty thin at corner right now. Uh, uh, we definitely needed we needed capital and WD uh, to draft a good corner. So hopefully that's a hit. I agree with you. Like the size and speed stuff of this guy are very atypical. Like they're he's he's kind of a freak for an for an NFL corner, like size and athleticism wise. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see if it works. I'm really excited. I think. Um, I think it seems like we. Ha- I don't know enough about defense to say this for sure but it feels like with the secondary that we're going to have this year we're going to need to do a little more like zone type stuff because okuda and this guy are going to be hard hitting guys and i don't think you're going to want to give everybody a bunch of time like you had with patricia to throw the ball yeah i agree i, agree. I don't know zone I, blitz I, mean, I, I have no idea i think it should be a big time zone blitz scheme uh the other guy the only one in this draft who i really haven't done much homework on yet other than I understand a lot of people had him like rated in the middle of the second round is the linebacker. We took in the fourth round, Derek Barnes. Um, uh, We traded up to get him, uh, which I loved to see because we didn't give up much. I think it was like an additional sixth round pick in 2023 or something like that. We traded up to get him. um, And this is a guy who, if, I, they had him ranked high, and that's again, that's really all I know. It's not been long enough since the draft for me to come out here and pretend like I know everything about the 113th player off the board. Uh, but Big Ten school, uh, big body, fast. I mean, 240 pounds with a 45740 and a 36 inch vertical. That's an athlete. That's an athlete, man. Um, and I'm excited to see him because there's probably a reason he fell. 
And if I know the NFL at all, it's character issues. And if I also know the NFL at all, it doesn't fucking matter if you have character issues. It doesn't matter. It can doesn't not matter. matter. Doesn't. Unless you are, dude, Ed, uh, what's his name? Uh, Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy got like three more chances in the league after choke slamming his girlfriend onto a pile of AK 47s. That is some gangster shit. Um, <laughs> the only, I would say this like, if Micah Parsons doesn't work out, that would be a reason. That would be my guess as to why, you know, because some of the off the field Micah Parsons stuff is not good. Um, that said, it, it doesn't figure matter it what you do in college if you can figure it out as a pro, you know. It's yeah. just a question of will these guys have the maturity to do it. And then on to the final pick, um, which is nobody cares. It's the seventh round, which is, but it's a pick where everybody can. Uh, you remember when Bob Quinn drafted a long snapper? It's not that bad, but it's got a similar reaction to where everybody's like, what are they doing? He's small. And not athletic. He's got a 31-inch vertical. He's a running back with a 4.5640. And he's 5'10, 206 pounds. But guess what he doesn't do? Run straight through people. It it's a pick that he's not making the roster. He's not, he's getting cut. Not making the roster. It's a very strange pick, and I don't know what to think of it. But I love this front office so much that part of me is super excited about it. Part of me is like, ah, they know something that the rest of us don't. Yeah, I think they might just be taking a swing on a guy who they might think has more potential than he showed in college. Um, So what's the running back room right now? It's Swift, it's Carrion, it's Jamal Williams, and then it'll be him. Yeah, I don't think yeah, we're missing there's anybody. no way that dude makes the roster. No. I mean, he could be like a really good practice wad guy for when Carrion gets dinged up, but – like, yeah, there's just no way. Are we going to hold four running backs in our roster this year? I don't think so. I don't think so Me either. I guess I don't know. I guess we don't. That that's something we're going to find out, right? Like some teams yeah. will hold four running backs. We got to see what what this coaching staff and this front office does as far as that. Are they a three quarterback? Are they a four running back? You know, you you got some you got some options there. But either way, even if they hold four running backs. I think there's a better chance that they sign somebody else to be their fourth running back than it's this guy. Yeah, that could be. I I mean, it's just all three of those guys in front of them are like really solid NFL running backs, you know. Like Jamal Williams has value to an NFL roster. He can do things like Carrion's going to block and I think that that's going to be a highly valued skill specific to this um front office. And obviously DeAndre Swift is going to Hopefully, have I'm sixteen hundred all-purpose yards this year. Right now, no research. This could end up being way wrong. Where where would you take him in a fantasy draft? Uh, I think I'd take it, him in the third round. Yeah, so I, I'm circling on early third round, depending on what. This is so stupid. I'm such a fancy dork. Depending on what my strategy is, he's like a third round guy or like a fourth round flyer. If it sounds like all of a sudden like he has a bad camp, yeah. I love the idea of Swift on my fantasy team next year. Um, I he so, I, 
I don't think he's going to – I think he's not going to – he's going to have 75 70% of snaps. I think he's still yeah. going to be splitting quite a bit. Yeah, but that's that's all you're asking out of a running back these days, even in fantasy. Yeah. Well, his pass-catching um, value is going to be what makes him an elite fantasy running back this year, especially right. in PPR. And he's going right. to have seven grabs a game. Sorry, fantasy stuff. We'll talk about it. We'll do that later. Um, so let's end with this then. We know that they are – offensive line is – Pretty much set outside of depth for the next five years. Yeah, um, we're ser- like there's not going to be much movement there at all, unless right. somebody just completely falls apart. Defensive line, all of a sudden, is a piece or two away, and those are more depth pieces. And once Trey Flowers is off the book, maybe sign another big guy there. Your wide receivers need help. Your running backs are good. So really, you got to find a quarterback, a wide receiver, and some linebackers. That's that is the focus over the next from now until the seventh round of the 2022 draft concludes. So there's a few linebackers who are still. I guess there's really not. I don't want to sign anybody this year. Let's just roll. KJ Wright's available. I mean, if you got to fill a hole this year, I'm talking about this year for like day one. KJ Wright's out there. Yeah, there really aren't any receivers left out there. Yeah. <laughs> you can still sign Todd Gurley. Oh, well, how about like, how about like Kenny Stills? Would you take a flyer on Kenny Stills? Bring sure. him in. Yeah, any of those guys, any of those receivers. Or, or would you rather? Would you rather just roll out there with Quintez Cephas and see what that's about? I mean, I want Quintez Cephas to get a large percentage of the snaps. Um, I, but I'm I, willing to take. I'm willing to sign anybody to a one-year, four million dollar deal at the wide receiver position. Right? I'm like not altogether convinced about how much Quintez Cephas will see this year. I don't know if I feel like I saw enough of him last year to feel that he's like a locked-in guy this year. I think he might be the second best receiver on the team, and that's not because he's what's for sure good. That's because we don't have anybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, Tyrell I mean, Williams is our best receiver. So he had 20 receptions for 349 yards, two touchdowns last year. I, I mean, so he can up that to, what, like 35 this year? Like, I think that's probably the basement because he's going to be playing a ton. He's going to be playing a ton. Yeah, it, I mean, true. then we'll again, see. we're gonna be we're gonna be a dink and dunk offense. It's gonna be DeAndre Swift and Kerryon Johnson doing a bulk of the work. Um, but I mean, if he goes out there and has forty grabs this year, I'm pretty damn happy. I'm pretty happy with our yeah. third round pick two years into his career having forty yards, three touchdowns, and or forty grabs, three touchdowns, and you know, four hundred yards or whatever it may be. Yeah. Our offense is going to look like the Chargers, but when Keenan Allen is hurt, that's going to be oh that's going to be a tough look, I think, for for some time. Man, I am so I am. The other reason why the Lions aren't winning any games this year is because of their schedule, which is like you can't change that. Their schedule is murderous this year. I don't understand how all their schedule is so hard. It feels like kind of feels like kind of feels mean. It kind of feels mean spirited for the Lions to have to well, play it's, it's this a, it's schedule a math this year in the NFL. Well, it's a shitty it's one. Just, what the fuck? They're you playing? ended up here. You've played this team, but you want to. So the reason I think, uh, like, I think there's a lot of Lions fans, and besides just Stafford, but a lot of Lions fans that are like finally on the same ship as I'm at, where it's not. We don't have to predict ten and six anymore. I have another team to watch. I don't. I don't need them to compete to make my Sundays exciting. 
I have a whole nother team to root for. You're and so I you're feel, so you're so young. I feel you're like so, I've wrapped the American. I feel like I've wrapped a freedom around my body. You kids are so disloyal. You're willing to abandon the Lions to go and watch the Rams at four o'clock, and and pretend and like live in your little fucking fantasy bubble while the rest of us have to sit here and enjoy pretend to enjoy losses like the goddamn adults that we are. So I'll see you at four o'clock. Channel two. For the oh, absolutely. Channel. I mean, I'm going to watch like no question. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a freeing feeling. You know, we haven't seen a playoff win in this city since 2014. A playoff win. Back when you were 11 years old. Dude, you're like a year or two years older. <laughs> it's true. But. Hey, I was I was seventeen. Okay. Oh, I would not have. I would not have said that number out loud. (laughs) Yeah, you're about to. Andrew's about to spiral. So I guess that's the end of the show. Andrew has to go have an existential crisis. Andrew, before we go, I lied. There is actually we have one more segment on the books today. Uh, Andrew, why? Why in the world would PSG go into a low block up 1-0 against Manchester City when Manchester City plays in the Premier League? Fear. It has to be, right? Fear of not winning a playoff game since your biggest fan was 17. (laughs) That shook me to my core. I've never thought of it in that aspect. (sighs) There has not been a Detroit sports team to win a playoff game in my adulthood. I'm, as I told my mother the other day, I'm almost in my mid twenties. Yeah, you're a twenty something, dude. Yeah, dude, I'm two months and sixteen days away from my mid twenties. Give me all grown up. You can rent a car. You can. No, 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 no. I count mid 20s starts at 24. I turn 24 in July. 24, 25, 26 is mid 20s. I don't know. I don't don't know, man. I didn't say the the exact middle of my 20s. I said the mid 20s. I think you're still early 20s, man. I think, uh, I think you're, I think that uh, you go early 20s directly to 30, directly to 40, directly to 57, which is social security, I think. I think it's 56, but okay. Whatever, Let's yeah. I don't give a shit. I don't give a, I don't I give a goddamn shit this. about nothing. Hey, before we go, Andrew, do you think that there's any chance in hell that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a game show host next year and not an NFL quarterback for the Green Bay Packers? Yeah. No, no, dude. This is oh, – You said man. a chance in hell. No, there's no chance. There's a 0% chance. chance. They found some associate producer who will go, yeah, Aaron was pretty good, leaked it to Rappaport, who tweeted it because you have to. And now, like, I don't want to do 10 minutes on this. He's going to retire if they don't trade him. He Well, that's more likely than he becomes a game show host because Jeopardy's not going to hire him. And also, like, he's not going to be full time. He'll be there, though. You'll see him. Okay, no, there's no way. There's no way that Aaron Rodgers is leaving the NFL. He is doing this. If you look at the timing of this, he's just doing it to like piss him off. If he wanted to be traded, he could have done it two weeks ago, and it would have made it ten times more likely he got traded before the draft. He is getting traded, or he's retiring from the NFL. He's an asshole. 
the thing about it is that like if he retires, he owes them like twenty million back of his signing bonus and like roster. Um, they'll pay it to him. That city will burn down the stadium if they don't. They why? saw what happened with Calvin Johnson here. They'll pay it to him. It's fine. I, I don't know, man. I kind of feel if like they trade Aaron him. They owe him a lot this. more money than that. Well, if they trade him, so you, if they trade him at the beginning of next year, his cap hits only like fifteen million. No, it's twenty three next year, and then fifteen the year after that. No, I'm sorry. So here's how it breaks down. This coming year would be 34. The following year is like 23, and the following year after that is like 15. But he's already said he'd be willing to give back 23 million potentially, willing to well, give back 23 million dollars. And I heard you almost say he's ha- he's handling this poorly. Aaron Rodgers can handle bit. it however the hell he wants. That is a benefit you earn when you are one of the greatest of all time. You can do whatever so, the hell you want. Definitely like Aaron Rodgers requesting a trade, get the hell out of there. I'm all for it as a Lions yeah. fan. That sounds great. Like you do you, Aaron Rodgers, but as an objective football observer who owns who who excuse me, co-hosts an extremely well liked and respected Detroit sports podcast. Probably the best uh, one I, in the country. And then maybe the best one in the country. Uh I I I think that if your goal was to get traded, you could have done a couple of things differently. He's 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 sure, he's just he burning it he's down. Aaron Rodgers. He's, he's 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 the Joker. He some people just like to watch the world burn. That's what he's doing. He's just watching Good. the world burn right now. Good. Fuck the Packers. Bring that shit to the ground. I don't know. I wish that I wish that he played for the Raiders and he was doing this shit to be a lot more entertaining. I feel bad. The city of Green Bay is such a good football city. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. End the show. Bye everybody. We love you. Soccer. <laughs>